Sister Chance represents chaos, hysteria, madness, destruction, evil. Octopus fucking. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> It's one fucking hour time. Of course, this is the show where we talk about one movie for one fucking hour. I am Evan Husney, and of course, we got to my left, Mr. Tom Fitzgerald. Tom. Howdy, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also got to my right, uh, as per usual, we got Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, what's up? What's up, everybody? I'm just, I'm looking over here, and I'm starting, or actually over here, and I'm starting to feel a little underdressed this evening get the memo yeah uh excuse me is that uh, carlo rimbaldi that you're wearing there miss <laughs> ramey bennett welcome to the show yes it is it is uh good evening everyone uh, welcome yeah. back welcome, welcome back thank yeah. you and uh, actually I, I must say like uh oh yeah and so next week possession um ring ramey you know like, <laughs> you. like automatic yep. phone call like yeah. like uh yeah, yep. it's horrifying and disturbing yep. and yeah, psychosexual. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, uh, next Friday. You know. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when uh, oh. Ramey shows up to the show, you know it's going to be some real serious shit. Yeah. It's a uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. so. trigger warning. Episodes. Yeah, right. Whenever you Every... see my face, it's a trigger warning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic. <laughs> Automatic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this because this, this yeah. is going to be a this is gonna be a tough hour, guys. There's a this lot. Is, there is yeah. a lot to unpack in tonight's movie. What is tonight's movie? Of course, it is the film Possession from 1981, oh, and uh, directed by Andrzej Zawowski. That's how I'm saying his name. Um, so I think we should do it. <laughs> Episode 58. Shall we start this goddamn uh, show or what? Start the clock. Fuck it All up. Right. All right. Let's let's just get right into it. Clock is starting now. Boom. All right. Just going to kick this off as we normally do here with just a little background for the good people listening at home. Um, all right. So building off of what we have established as the divorce horror genre on a previous one fucking hour, mm-hmm. uh, of course, which we did on David Cronenberg's The Brood, uh, Andrzej Zawowski's Possession is a high-octane nightmare that unpacks the fears and obsessions surrounding the destruction of a marriage in 1980 West Berlin. When Sam Neill, he plays the character Mark, returns from an espionage mission in the east side of the wall, he is confronted with his wife's confession, uh, played by Isabella Gianni, of infidelity, which sets off a phantasmagoric melodrama that's both operatic and allegorical in its depiction of emotional violence and psychic anguish. Okay, so that's the movie. Sounds like fun. Um, All right. Well, I I thought it would be good just to kind of kick this thing off here, just kind of going round robin here, talking sort of about our own personal background relationship to this movie, to this one of a kind singular movie. Um, Mine's real quick, brief, not even really that exciting. So I'll just kick it off and let you guys you know, and, and maybe maybe throw it to Ramey. But for me, it was just, I just remember I first saw this movie 15 plus years ago. I was working at a video store with Joey. Shout out Joey, who's been on the show a number of times. And I remember our old colleague was like, 
you know, you guys want to see something real fucked up? You know, like it was kind of like that. Where it was like, you think you seen the fucked up shit, but this. Yeah, you want some fucked up shit? Well, I yeah. got this fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. exactly. You know, fucking tentacle that. monsters and shit, you know? And yeah, totally. That was what. And, and, and I actually remember that never has someone pitched me that, right? Like, no, it's, it's like basically set up that's the expectation. Like, this is going to be one of the most fucked up, insane movies you're ever going to see and actually have it deliver. <laughs> Is yeah. very yeah. rare, you know, Delivers, and then continue yeah. to deliver. So um, yeah. for me, it, it it really opened my eyes um, to the films of Jawowski. Um, I've I, I I I'm a completist. I've seen all of his movies except his last one, but um, sorry, near completist. But um, he's he's somebody that super fascinates me. Um, I'm well, I'm continually just yeah. Uh, anytime his mo- any of his movies play theatrically here in New York City, I'm always going to go out and check it out. So I had the opportunity to meet him once. Maybe we'll talk about that. Um, but just you know, crazy life changing experience seeing this movie and setting me on this trajectory of discovering so many other great movies of his and others after this. But anyway, Ramy, tell us your origin story. Why you're why My- why this is a on brand Ramy uh, episode. Well, my, mine's brief. I mean, I think it's on brand. It's up my alley. Um, but Anthology Film Archives used to always do it on Valentine's Day. Uh, would right. screen it in New York. Ooh, nice. So I used that. I that was kind of a thing for me. And then uh, went through a really bad divorce, like almost ten years ago. And um, wait, 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 not your own. Yes. Yeah. You don't know this. About Are you me? kidding? No. Oh, you Sorry. <laughs> start taping again. Okay. all right i didn't know that oh my god okay Excuse me. Gonna be i thought you're talking about your appearance which you talked about for the brood so that's right that's Just right being, trying to stay up to date all right okay all sorry. right sorry continue episode was also kind of personal we talked about divorce right, right. Yeah. i think you know these movies are like you know they're they're so heightened but at the same time sometimes i feel like to really capture how intense that shit is you kind of have it has to be an opera you know mm. and so i think i think this movie um it hit me on a level where like i, I sort of identified a lot <laughs> with her character i genuinely or genuinely did and sort of that dynamic and his energy towards her and that feeling of being trapped and the claustrophobia and so i think there was a lot of for me when i saw it like actual genuine like resonance emotionally and then on um, like later viewings recently i've kind of gotten more into like the text of the movie um and sort of kind of looking at more of like like a the, like as what he was trying to say in the text which i really really love but that's it for me yeah which we'll get more into um marcus how about you uh what's your personal journey with uh this film yeah it was well uh Zelowski was recommended to me but on the Silver Globe, actually, just as like a lost film, you know, like check out these pieces of this movie that never came out. It seemed really intriguing to me. And then dipping into the rest of his work was just like, of course, mind blowing. But I, but specifically, this movie was the trailer, which is just uh, one of those baller trailers that's like, oh, yeah. it, it uses footage from, you know, the, the American cut, which we'll talk about. But I didn't know that at the time. It was just, these uh, these amazing shots and this one specific shot where it's like orange around Isabella Johnny in the trailer and glowing and the sort of optical effect it was like almost like something out of um like a like a 
Oob Ewerks Disney kind of like effect or something mm. around the special effect. And I was just like, what is that? I need to see that. I just fell in love with it. It's still one of my favorite images in any movie, just aesthetically. It's just the orange background, Isabella Johnny's face, and that glow. And I'm a big Isabella Johnny fan, too. She was one of my early uh, crushes in movies. As a kid, I cool. was into, uh, I got the the uh, Isabella Johnny solo album here. Uh, That's amazing. Produced by Serge Gansbor. And uh, it's a oh really awesome God. video. Really amazing. awesome video for this album where um, Luc Besson does the uh, oh. video for it. It's really crazy. Wow, She's playing uh, somebody with um, mental health issues. You know, shocker. But yeah, um, yeah so anyway, I, I remember I, I liked her. My dad showed me The Tenant when I was a kid, and I just was like, who is that? I just liked, well, I was into Isabella Johnny from then on. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, anyway. Um, cool yeah. stuff. And yep. All right, Big Boy T, what's up? Tell us what your well, position Well, uh, uh, mine's pretty insane, and it somehow relates to last week's um, You Want a Pizza. Which is still, the jury's still out in there. But yeah. my point is, it, was, it, it wound up being a childhood haunt, and I'll get to the point. So I'm a real little kid still, but I'm watching late night TV a little bit in the summer. And late night TV in the summer, I could catch some of Tom Snyder's uh, Tomorrow Show. And mm. I guess he had a regular guy. He had Rex Reed talk mm. about the week in the movies, okay? And so there was one time Rex Reed was on. It was in the summer of 81, and he's like, I'm going to do a bad Rex Reed, everybody. Get ready. So it's like, um, <laughs> just got back from con. I just got back from con. I can't with these art films. It's like they've gone to, they're too far out. They're too weird. Like it's just what next? I could barely stomach solo paraphrasing, but this one I saw did not t- name the title of the movie. He just goes, there's a woman and a guy and they're getting divorced and she's having intercourse with an octopus. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm like, go on. You know, I'm eating like cocoa puffs or something at one in the morning. And I'm like, say, or like mac and cheese, like say what? Cause he's like, first of all, he got me with like movies have gone too far. And I was like, yes, please full attention. Talk to me. So, um, cause that was even as a kid, I was like obsessed with like how far are movies going? So he was like, this is it the octopus and she's having sex with an octopus and then they try to kill he tries the husband to kill the octopus and i'm like what the hell is the rex reed octopus <laughs> and i had no you know it was way before the internet it was way before any resources and i had nothing to go on at all wow. he just was like this octopus art film and i'm like well i'm never going to see the octopus art film that he's talking about so it took it sort of sideways it came to me like i started it's not really an octopus in the film, but it's like it sort of came together and I went, oh, it's what I think it was when I finally watched Possession. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Rick Reed movie I'm trying to track it down. I don't know if I'm ever going to find, uh, you know, an old VHS dub of this. But, yeah, shout out to Rex Reed, man. And just to the point, and I'll maybe start bringing up a, a little subtopic here in the U.S. It did have a, a, a theatrical release, Total Bomb. They cut 50 minutes five zero minutes out of the film wow and uh but that's what i'm saying is that's the possession i know wow. because I, I rented it yeah i rented it from the video store in like the early 90s and my friend was obsessed with it he would just watch it over and over again by the way um shout out to wow. kevin and so hmm. like um and then i loved it but i know that one i still know that one better than this one and this one's very different and marcus to speak to what you were saying they added all these uh, weird effects to the end of the film the end of the film is real different um, but it's still kind of cool. There's all this solarization. I just sent you guys a still of uh, 
like the eyes of Sam Neill are all like green and right. she's in that weird the last shot is she's in this ethereal kind of orange aura kind of argentoish thing right and right not in the real regular film right. so I do recommend tracking down the old VHS but again that's how I know it I barely know the original it was basically hmm. the Rex Reed octopus fucking movie and then this really wrong US VHS and then finally only in the past few years the actual film and uh, wow. it's okay it's okay because <laughs> <laughs> oh, i went through all this shit with the you know the the wow. imagining the film yeah, and the, the, yeah. You know. got it well that's so, me yeah. when i first time i yeah first time i watched that one without the solarization i was like what i, I felt like i was missing you know i did mm. miss it but um oh wow yeah, I thought it was it's just very a cool tacky trailer. it's yeah, a very I, tacky move to put on that film but anyway you know uh let's get to the real actual factual yes possession. So let's let I, I I thought we just kind of start with I mean just how this movie opens up okay and we're talking of course about the real you know the real director's version of the movie um, but yeah how it opens up man it it it, it starts from what I remember uh, just with this kind of like four on the floor beat it sounds almost like a Fabio Frizi you know kind of like Lucio Fulci kind of opening which is amazing and you're seeing all these shots of the Berlin Wall obviously mm. something that's a, a big theme in the movie um, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into but basically not it, unlike it, not unlike bad timing just want to say ah uh, uh, yeah very, very true another another Ramy uh, Ramy hit there mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so um, Sam Neill it starts with him uh, coming home uh, from working which we learn that I, I only really picked up on this recent rewatch that he's a I spy. Yeah, I yeah. know. Which is like, that's his the job. Same. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay. He, I didn't really put together that he was a fucking spy, but I guess he is. So he's kind of, um, you know, he, he's coming home from his mission, being on the other side of the wall. And he's realizing that his wife, you know, um, who we've mentioned, played by Isabel Gianni, is unhappy and needs time to think. And this is kind of, um, at first, it's really interesting because... When we're first introduced to Sam Neill, and maybe Remy, we start talking about this, is that he's someone understanding, thinking that maybe something's just wrong with her, that you know maybe she needs time, and you know feelings change, things change in a relationship, and they need some space. But then, of course, he learns quite immediately about that this is uh, an infidelity that's uh, going on. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think it's. I think a lot of times people like focus on her performance and kind of like, you know, her character and the hysteria and the kind of like woman on the verge, but his performance is like <laughs> escalates very rapidly into like yeah. extreme mania and psychosis. Um, and I, and that is something that struck me as very realistic. I mean, like, so going back to the divorce story, the personal, yeah. Like to to delve deep, it's like yeah, let's go. Like it's it's like it's like so okay. The, like honestly, it's like the the male ego. You know what I mean? Being being wounded. Like at first, it's like okay, let's work this out. We can figure it out. And the minute they realize that, well, number one, there's another man, mm. and that they're being like shut out. Mm -hmm. Um, they they really lose their shit. Mm -hmm. And and I've never seen this depicted in a movie in like such a heightened but actual like realistic way you know and so it's 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 like the way that he just devolves and just spirals into this basically like heroin addiction withdrawal yeah that is definitely um there's a real intent to make it seem a, 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 a equivalent 
to a, to heroin, uh, a cold turkey on heroin. You know, he's like in a fetal position, sweating in bed. And there's these great shots of him, again, just sweating. And the implication is like, well, he hasn't slept for four days or eaten, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and, yeah. and it feels like the actor is doing some raging bullshit. Like yeah. it feels very method but for both of them. But like it feels very method um, that uh, it's, you can't just like wake up in the morning and, you know, and have a cappuccino and just start looking like the way he looks <laughs> right. in the first part of the film, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, and that first, it's interesting, that whole first section is sort of interesting because there's yeah. a few different scenes that sort of like mark his sort of descent into that like mania and jealous obsession. And you there, there's the moment where he um, discovers sort of like the Heinrich postcard he starts looking through her books and he's sort of like, okay, who is this other man? He starts to kind of imagine who this might be. And as that crystallizes more, like his anger starts to, yeah. starts to escalate. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he demands like, let, like, I'm going to see you. I'm going to meet you here. We're going to talk about this. Rage. The chair throwing at the yes. uh, cafe. Yeah, and then exactly. they go to the cafe and it's like amazing obviously the choreography of that and yeah. the, the composition of that it's like avant-garde theater in a lot of ways and i'm i'm actually yes. defending it like you know a lot yeah. of times people aren't really caught don't cotton to like um really arched kind of uh extreme compositions that feel very quote-unquote unnatural like yeah hey that looks like symbolism you know what an idiot would say you know what i mean it's like just go with it you know what i mean it's it, it is not different than any kind of like theater of the uh, the avant-garde staging for instance you know exactly I mean? and uh and any and they're beautifully done like you know there's plenty of shots like that like the cafe but then like they're in two different rooms and they're seen in two different doorways one's less lit than the other you know it's yeah. just uh why not go with that and so, it works which is great, weird right like it, it's they, it, they're, they're all committing to it at the same level. Like the performances, everyone is True. very in on like, this is the tone. Yeah. This is the, like, and so you don't ever feel like it's forced. It's, it's very intentional. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what's inhabiting these sort of schematic compositions. It's a good point. Yeah. Right. It, it's, yeah. it's very overheated performances that are they're really committing. I got to say two things about the performances though, just to stay with everyone while we go on. Yeah. Um, this took a real toll. You're talking about Isabella Johnny. Uh, what is it, uh, Marcus? You're saying that the the, uh, the video she's really troubled. What, what was it again? Uh, well, I, I I, time. just in the the well, there's the Luc Besson video for uh, right. you know for the song off her, off her album, uh, and she plays a disturbed, you know, mentally disturbed person in that too. And it's like that's some spy things, but you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she often plays one of you know someone that's got she's really good at it obviously but i think well, she, obviously, I was, she gets a little typecast mm -hmm. as that but what you're well but to my point just to reference back to what you were saying um there's direct quotes from her where um it took so much out of her it took her years literal years several years to shake this is a quote from her to shake off this film mm. and there were rumors of suicidal feelings wow um and that wow. were confirmed by Zawaski. Yeah. you know this is through the 80s and what i'm saying is maybe that pop song and video were reflective of her state of mind then sam neill also said um that was of course easily the most extreme film exercise i've ever been involved in and he said i barely escaped holding on to my sanity i mean wow. these are serious you know like consequences these people yeah. went through wow yeah yeah well i was just gonna just to back up real quick if i if i can <clears throat> because there was a lot of little moments there you you just touched on um 
you know, when Sam Neill finds out about this person, Heinrich, who is this person, Heinrich? He sees, finds a postcard. He finds that, you know, the literature that she's reading since he's been gone is a little more, you know, shall we say spiritual. Um, and so there's some weird, or new age, perhaps, or some, there's some new influence going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, who is this guy? What the fuck's going on? And, and then they go to the cafe. But what's really interesting about that is... Um, and Ramey, you sort of mentioned this, and I'll let you explain it, but there's a lot of things on this watch that we both picked up on uh, for the first time going through it, and I think a lot of that had to do with actually turning the subtitles on, but I wanted to, you know, that was something that you'd mentioned because it was really catching a lot of the meaning of this movie or the themes in this movie seem to be really inherent in the dialogue. That's what you were saying, Ramey, about the text. And um, yeah. And this is the first hint we see in that cafe scene just before he starts throwing the fucking chairs and going fucking berserk and ape shit, which I think is a scene that does ring quite true, is that he implies what she is doing is inhuman. I think what you want to do to Bob is... Inhuman? So what you're doing must be human. You know, um, which is something that kind of plants the seeds for where this is going. But if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the key because she's, you know, it's something honest. It happens in life. You know, people stray, people cheat, you know, people fall out of love, you know, and and her kind of admitting that and trying to be honest with that, his reaction is basically, you know, you're evil, you're inhumane, you're inhuman. Um, and it's it, to me, there's so much about like the idea of the woman um, leaving that, role you know the role of the mother and the wife and then once she transgresses that it's it's like she becomes you know basically like the the whore the antichrist and all that stuff like is in scripture as well that i think he's he's drawing from fallen woman yeah and and he and he was talking about that he originally he was inspired zulowski was inspired by his own divorce and his wife betraying him but he was also inspired by uh tolstoy's anna karenina and her name is Anna, um, but oh, it's so interesting right. because it's 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 same sort of idea. It's like a woman who is committing adultery, and and you know her fate is that she ends up having you know she she dies on on the train tracks, you know. And so the film is so much about this this woman who's wanting that freedom, you know. She wants that personal freedom. She wants to transgress, and he is so desperately trying to keep her. And stop her from having, and the the word freedom keeps on coming up right. through the film, you know, right. and 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 I mean we can talk about that talk about that later, but it's she's you know she's turned into basically a monster and and kind of decides to envelop herself in that identity because it even though it's monstrous and shameful, it also represents like that release and that freedom and that agency, you know, so. Um, right and literally so, literally demonized demonized right? <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly and then so then so then what we see is obviously this is when the heroin addict montage sort of plays out yeah. where we see Sam losing his shit uh, he's going on an emotional downward spiral that's I guess lasts three weeks which is pretty yeah. pretty wild he's got the dry mouth the dry lips the chapped lips <laughs> there's also that just you know I don't know it, it's such a amazing but really dark performance let's, detail let's not forget um yeah uh the, the boy their boy has been yes. uh un um oh, supervised yeah. that's right and yeah. that's an inc- an, un, in an unindel- inindelible image for me mm-hmm. which is just um you don't see this kid in the three weeks or whatever of him being alone in the house in the apartment 
um, but you see he's covered in jelly. There's food everywhere. Everything's everywhere. It's a huge mess. So you just imagine, it's like sort of like a, a dog going crazy in a small apartment in the mm. aftermath that like, the owner comes home, you know, and, and it, it's such an awful scene. It's so, uh, there's such an almost visceral reaction um, of like just seeing the results of a kid being uh, abandoned and on his own and getting all like Lord of the Flies going solo kind of thing. And that's uh, I, I, a disturbing moment to me. You know, and yeah. the, blood, I mean, the, the like imagery of like the red jam all over him. Yeah. You know, it's like he's like covered in blood, you know, yeah. and it's like it's kind of like the brood that that, that scene reminds me of the say, brood yeah. a lot because yeah. he's sort of like candy in the brood in that scene, you know, with like with the welts and the, you know, like right. it was a candy yeah. moment. Yeah, supposedly right. that's one of the scenes that Zalowski drew from his own life. Oh. That like that because he was going through right. You mentioned that he was going yeah. through a divorce, but that he actually came home and his son was left unattended. Wow! You know, um, wow! He was wow. married to the woman that you know in uh, the actress in Third Part of the Night, like right. his first movie. That's right. That's right. And yeah, it's 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 yeah. Just like you were saying about the brood, it's like the message we're left with in the brood is that the children are the casualty, you know, of this war between parents. And it's not dissimilar to how this, you know, the note, which I'm sure we'll talk about this movie ends on. Um, the final you know, note, yeah. Yeah, oh. one of many final notes. <laughs> but oh, that, sure. that for sure. Um, so anyway, then after he's kind of had his moment, uh, you know, um, after Sam Neill's had his moment for three weeks, he comes back home, he sees the kid. And then he also has an interaction with Anna, and um, then this is when he kind of gets his shit together and is basically saying, you must leave him. You must leave yeah. this other man and, and then demands that she end her affair. Um, but then she's kind of caught in this state of not really being able to articulate, you know, what her emotions are and where she's coming from. You know, like it's, she's, she's having difficulty talking about, you know, what's happening in her own head and in her own mind and, and, and body. Right. I mean, that's what's ha sort of happening in those scenes, which is, you know quite wild i don't know if there's anything on that you want to touch on rain well yeah I, th I think it's like in, in the movie there's this constant inability to like communicate properly and especially you know that when he's going through his heroin withdrawals and that close with him on the phone and he literally cannot make oh, yeah. the words mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, ma, 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 you know, and it's yeah. like, he cannot Jesus. even, it's so, it's insane. And, you know, and for her, it's like, there's so much going on inside. There's so much like that she, well, there's the shame and the anger and the, right. she can't, you know she can't use her words. Yeah. You know, what's funny about this movie. It just hit me as we're talking. You don't know anything about the way these people were before mm -hmm. all this. Right. And, which is interesting. Like you just, you know, you're jumping into their world at this, the beginning of this excruciating episode, whatever it is. Um, and I just, you know, there's nothing to compare it to. It's just complete. There's no normal world. Actually, there's also no normal world in the film. You know, like yeah. she's yelling at him with a bloody mouth and then there's a big car accident, you know, like it feels yeah. like there's a, like a really like creepy uh, undercurrent of, um, uh, instability on like an, uh, an international global scale. Right. And of course, one of the things is, and not unlike the end of Solo, uh, the, the film's uh, final moments are graced with uh, the sound of um, clearly like warplanes. Yeah. Bombing. Like Bombing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it yeah. feels like the, the whole world is kind of uh, going crazy and, um, and being killed and there's a monster. Well, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, is there like a, an island of, um, 
of sanity. And and actually, maybe I know you you, you want to go linear here, but like no, no, that's cool. Maybe maybe what I'm trying to get into is there's a, there's a part that's coming up now where there's the beginning of the doppelganger yes. consideration. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to get into. Yeah, and I guess yeah. So uh, Johnny plays two characters, I guess. You know, you could put it that way. She's playing the uh, the nice woman, the teacher of the boy, and um, I guess she is uh, a beacon of a stable mental state and a stable world. Uh, you know, like what, what do you think? I mean, it, it would be. I would hate that it would be so simple to have it be this you know, duality where she's like the good wife and she's kind of virginal and not carnal like the other one and. Right. loving towards the child but it, it is you are led in that direction to look right. at her as being virginal uh yeah, yeah it seems like she's supposed to be like the the wife that he wants her to be you know yeah. Yeah. like she's right. the and and the their clothing reflects a different environment you know it's gone from that blue mm -hmm. to being more white you know and again mm -hmm. it does feel like <laughs> you said the it feels like, uh, like you said, like the theatrical in a way of like, uh, you can see those costumes on a stage, like you said, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that she's like, yes, yeah, she's a sort of white, pure, she'll stay home and watch the kids. She's his teacher. You know, she's sort of what he wants him to be. She's not I've, bleeding I, from the mouth nope. and all. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, she's I a little, like little more her hair. Yeah. yeah. I Less feel like of a lot a, of the, a lot of the philosophical stuff or the, um, the undercurrent, the subtext of the film is always kind of complicated in this one, I feel, because of the, because it's a monster movie too. And so you feel like things need to make sense on, and the monster movie makes sense by the end, you know, like what's happening. But um, so you feel like everything needs to, I get confused sometimes where I'm like, I'm following the monster movie reading of the story, you know, versus, sure. you know, he's a spy, he's a, she's a double, you know, but then there's this subtext divorce yeah. reading of the story that's different. And sometimes they feel a little bit like, like they're two different waves that are in flux. They don't, and they make things not quite add up sometimes, or it makes it more confusing. You know, she goes on all these philosophical yeah. rants, you know, like, you, you know, um, two which sisters. I, Kind of those monologues. Well, and also the, yeah. the Helen Doppelganger about? talks yeah. in the kitchen. And mm -hmm. to speak on what you're saying, Marcus, like it's so funny because this time watching it, I was purely focusing on like the mystical, spiritual subtext. Like, because I was really only listening to the words to, to really like, as if it was a book, because I was like, God, I'd love to read this. Because um, mm -hmm. everything, and what you're saying, Tom, too, about Sallow is interesting because it's very similar. The backdrop is yep, yep, the echoes yep. of fascism yep. and the echoes of atrocity and horror and oppression in, right. in real life and what these people well, let's are just through. Let's be clear, you know, Zulowski, the director, yeah. uh, he had just been pretty much exiled. He's a Polish yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. And that film on the Silver Globe, uh, they stopped uh, the production. Mm -hmm. It was to be the biggest production in, in Polish film history, and, and they just stopped it. It's, that's why it's unfinished. Um, and he had to basically leave. He had to leave his homeland uh, where he had been making films, Poland, which is real close to where they did this in Germany. <laughs> you know, they made yeah. So uh, he's definitely got some uh, geopolitical subtext going on. Oh, well, uh, there's, through. you know, it's, well, just by nature being in a post-war Berlin, you have, yeah. you know, the, the, the you know. But shot the, right by the wall. Well, I was just going to say exactly. the wall is almost a character oh, yeah. in the movie in so many ways, and I, and, yes. and and really, it's like 
all the characters are surrounded by quote unquote evil. You know, it's like you're, you're, you're seeing the East side, you know, you're seeing, you know, the, the Russian occupied side, you're seeing all this stuff and all the people looking in their binoculars and the barbed wire fences. It's, it's, it's really like, as you were saying a little bit ago, I mean, this whole movie is set kind of in a bedrock of sort of evil, um, you know, um, and I think that's the setting for it, but going back to the scene in question, you know, yeah. where, we're, where we're sort of talking about that there's doppelgangers and, you know, um, you have um, you have um, Isabella Gianni's doppelganger. You know, there's a scene a little later on in the film where it's she's cleaning up the stuff in the kitchen and she's talking to Mark, Sam Neill, um, sort yeah. of about women. They're starting to talk about, like, you know, what's going on with their relationship and everything. And Remy, I'll let you take it from here because I think it's a pretty revealing aspect to what this movie really is about. Well, it's, you know, so she's cleaning all the meat, right, in the kitchen. Like, there was just that fight, and they're, you know, taking the meat slicers and mutilating themselves, and uh, yeah. there's meat innards everywhere. And so she yeah. comes in with her, like, virginal white dress and her beautiful braid and her green eyes, and, you know, and she's cleaning up the domestic sort of, like, d disarray. Kitchen chaos, um, yeah. Yeah, and she is, I think, in a lot of ways, the idealized version of his partner. You know, she he is the idealized and often not to get off topic, but often like this is what we do in our lives. Like we we try to repeat, you know, we try to repeat yes. change repeat mistakes, change them, the trauma's repeated and we're we're trying to get it right, you know? And sometimes people do repeat partners in a way. Like they find another version of the same person. Like they're trying to do better the next time, you know? Right. And you're like what they had is so broken and so it's it's been so desecrated that it, the only thing to do is almost like birth these new versions of that of these people um but when she's cleaning the the bloody blade she says like i wrote it down she says i come from a place where evil seems easier to pinpoint because you can see it in the flesh it becomes people so you know exactly the danger of being deformed by it so it's like she's talking about she's talking about like the the monster in one sense right about being taken over she's also talking about you know it could be east berlin it, you know it's it's yeah. it's talking about how whatever that driving force that overtakes someone you know where she's seen it she's seen how that can literally possess possess someone which is um, interesting to me because she seems so pure you know in right. that traditional sense that it's like what is her past like yeah like how how does she have like a, a um, an intimate understanding of evil she doesn't seem like well she's had anything like that except like we're helping farm animals and well i think that the atmosphere in general is you know it's it's like living yeah. in that place where like let's say they they are living in berlin at that time it's like people were jumping over the wall getting shot constantly getting like mutilated by barbed wire like, so I think that Zawalski was talking about, like, he, he said this is a political film. Like, it's about being surrounded by division, oppression, evil, and then trying to make sense of it. You know, like, they're constantly talking about, like, God, freedom, what God means. to And, and God means something different to all of these people. For me, God is a disease. That's why through the disease, we can reach God. He says God is a disease or God is the mystery under the porch when the dog goes to die under the porch. God is still under the porch where the dog died. And then right. Johnny is God is basically chaos. God is evil. Like God is inside of me. Do you believe in God? 
And so, yeah. well, and Henry, also Heinrich. Well, Heinrich has a um, his a kind of corny, uh, you know, kind of quasi, you know, westernized version of um, of Taoism and whatnot. And he's like, you know, I am you, you are me. And she spits that back at him later, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah. he has his own uh, solution for understanding a higher being too. Yeah. yeah. Sam Neil, in that scene with the doppelganger, doesn't he actually just come out and say, I'm at war with women? I'm at war against women. They have no foresight. There's nothing about them that is stable. There's nothing to trust. They're dangerous. There is nothing in common among women except menstruation. Right. Uh, I have a I have a theory. Which, that is sort of a cynical like reading of the whole movie, I think, you know, is like is that he's Zolowski's like damaged by his own relationship and this is like his kind of like revenge porn, you know. I don't the, know because the, I feel you like know, I just say it's a cynical reading of it. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. uh this is his own inner but I I feel like it's more complicated than that because like you said, there's the war. I mean the Cold War, there's God, there's all these and there's there's all these other elements mixed up in it i don't think it i don't think the film reduces itself to just pure to like a simple allegory no i think there's no, so, no, there are no. multiple you know so that's yeah. why a lot of like, i feel like you could have an 800 page book written about i mean there's it. more yeah. doppelganger energy for well, instance i was gonna say i was gonna say i was know, trying to get the this doubling in. of the doubling <laughs> hang on hang on i was trying to get that in not to flash Let's forward but obviously the, just to tie this bow here with the yeah. doppelganger talk yes. is that obviously there's two isabella Giannis, Right, but there's also two Sam Neils. By the end of the film, you know, the octopus monster fully forms into a copy of Sam Neil, right? And um, but what does he have? He has green eyes, you guys, and so does the doppelganger of Isabella Gianni. So one could also say as a theory, well, is she a copy from an octopus monster evil realm, you, you know, yeah. who sort of sent yeah. in to kind of... Well, it's a body you know, snatchers kind of thing. Yes. Like they're right. being replaced right. by, right. Uh, you know, like they, they look the same, but the inside is right. completely different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you said We're like invaders right. from Mars. And, yeah. yeah. Right, but also the 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 other spy, like the the double the double agent, is pulling the strings too, right? Because there's the uh, there's another weird element in there yeah. with the the guy with the pink socks at the end is like <laughs> it seems like he's been pulling the strings the whole time. He put he put the demon in there. You know, it's so <laughs> weird. That's very weird. But I have it's one of those. On it's there, there's a different movie that I don't remember. Somebody quoted saying, um, "This movie has either too many puzzle pieces or not enough to make." The, the, the puzzle you know I, I feel somewhat like that speaking metaphorically like you know i think it has too many pieces you know like like you know you finish the puzzle and there's like why are there eight pieces still you know, i'm done right so <laughs> and i'm fine with that it's yeah it's it kind of what i love about his his films yeah. in a way because it's like his films are like always like on 11 you know they're always pushed to the max visually emotionally Camera you know, everything work. camera work you yeah. know you're you like yeah. you just know you're gonna get the most fucking amazing wide angle lens shit you've ever seen <clears throat> yeah. you know it, it, and that and that's what i love about his stuff you know and i love the fact that you can pick it apart and find new things you didn't even see in the first time around and you know stuff like that we should um just to, in an effort to get back on the train here um 
so we were talking about the doppelganger, but we do got to talk about just Heinrich in general because that's kind of what happens next in the He's a fan linear. favorite. I mean. yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the linear trajectory of this movie, that's what happens next. As we as we meet Heinrich, you know, who Sam Neill's poured all of his fears and anxieties into is this is the man that's been fucking my wife and oh my god. And I do think this also was another thing that was based on the real story of, you know, Jalowski I, I've heard that, yeah. in his divorce is that so this is kind of a parody of this kind of just pretentious new age new German. That's the revenge porn, Marcus. Yes. By the way, yeah, I think totally. him making Heinrich an asshat. Yes, that is petty. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. And it's it's absolutely it's it's. Here's and, what and I think what? of your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? It's like even though the movie is so crazy and over the top and so so you know, serious in many ways. I think there is a lot of humor in this stuff yeah. too, that like, yeah. especially yeah. came through in a big time. Heinrich is evidence of that. I mean, the fact that he beats up Sam Neill with like karate moves, you know, know. like is, yeah, is, 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 it's is amazing. And, um, and then of course, you know, we, we have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite scene in the movie period, which is the scene when, um, you know, as it starts to develop, we realize that the person in question that Anna is uh, is seeing, of course, spoiler alert, as we've already been talking about, is a monster. It is not Heinrich. It's a that, that's sort of the the the, right. the the MacGuffin, if you will, or the red mm-hmm. herring of the story. And then uh, Heinrich is just in the same position that Sam Neill is, and he's yeah. where is Anna? She hasn't talked to me in months and weeks. What's going on? And he mm-hmm. goes he goes to his apartment to try and get his help. And of course, it's the greatest scene ever where he is performing and bouncing off the walls um and just i don't know what we're doing and I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i used violence with you now i'd only employ my psychic functions to make it come to me yeah you know and that is like obviously like the cracking up jerry lewis uh, scene in the whole movie and but it's like you know Remy, you had sort of a theory on that too which i think is important we should get in on that oh scene. wait which which theory you mean about his his like theater yeah. background it has to be that he's part of some avant-garde theater uh, well i yeah truth. i think Zawalski was saying too that he was like kind of poking fun a little bit of also like i mean i don't think totally poking fun but like that character is a little bit of a parody of the like you know avant-garde intellectual new age well, have you seen um like well there's that who's that grotowski like he was a very big um you know progressive uh you know monster of like modern theater this, yeah. this jersey grotowski Right. Grotowski, right? Yeah. 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 I think so. Anyway. Yeah. So, so like there's this, um, that was a hot topic in the avant-garde of Poland is like, right. you know, taking theater further and like, you know, like grabbing yeah. like mounds of dirt on stage. <laughs> yes. And actually, you know, you know, it's funny. There's a film that echoes that is the travails of Andre in my dinner with Andre. Oh, and he actually, yeah. I think he talks in the film. One of his monologues mm. is talking to Working, I went to Poland with Grotowski and we, ah. we slept in coffins overnight <laughs> yes. to get into character, you know. So yeah, yeah. anyway, it's a um, there's a good uh, part of that. Uh, my dinner with Andre. But I think I think it's another kind of humorous dig. Um, yes. At, at, at that scene by Zulowski. I love it. Totally. And, it is, it and he's is like, yeah, he's dancing off the like oh, every yeah. time he says, says a line, he like bounces off the yeah. wall. And, yeah. It's and incredible. it's like also Sam Neill is I mean, Sam Neill is literally leaping and maniacally pirouetting through this movie and it's it to me like it it's come i buy it 100 percent. yeah it's weird i like it's and you know like it's the it's almost like i mean the movie's called possession right and that's also a double meaning Mm -hmm. because it's 
the way that they want to possess her. Both of these men yeah. are obsessed with nice. owning her and possessing right. her. Totally. And there's and it's so funny because at first it's like Heinrich thinks like, oh, I've given her enlightenment. Like I've given right. her this sense of who she really is and her right. identity. And, you know, I'm this like sex god or whatever. And then like soon realizes like, oh, no, like she's abandoned me. <laughs> You know, and then yeah. the two of them. Because the best sex up. she's ever had is with an octopus. Really? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love when I when I first when I saw the proper version of this film, I loved seeing that even Heinrich was like, "What the fuck is that?" Because yeah. for some reason, I thought no, he maybe goes, like. He goes, he goes, I'm just saying. He goes, like, I thought is this he, a joke? Like, maybe it was like, yeah. yeah, is this a joke? This is a joke. No, but I thought maybe when I was first really trying to get my head around the actual proper version of the film. My point is, I was like, wait, did Heinrich ish make this happen? Is it like his concoction? Like, are they working in cahoots? And it's like, right. no, he's even like, the fuck? You know? Yeah, I love so that. Like, right. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's a and love it becomes of, like a weird buddy, like not a buddy rank. movie, but like, it's like, it's, it's so, it's so like once they become. Well, right. They bond somewhat. They, kind yeah. of like in Bloom and Love. Yeah. Yeah, and even though like you know Sam Neil just like despises <laughs> exactly. him and loves like taunting him, which is amazing. Exactly. You know, somebody should remake that octopus. Somebody should. You guys, the way you guys are describing this, I think someone should remake this as a comedy action. Yeah, there, oh there's God. one in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 You'd have to lose a lot of scenes. With them, you know, well, you'd have to lose I'll... like the. Uh, you have to lose like the. Uh, the ballet torture scene, which is my favorite. Oh, okay, okay, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, a quick note on the octopus: Is it that does she give birth to that too? I mean, first, like, did she birth that octopus into the world, and then? I think yeah. so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Well, we, but, we, but not in the subway though, because because in the narrative flow, if that was the it, was well, it's already been existing. It's a flashback. That's what I'm saying. That's a flashback. Yeah. It's a flashback. Oh, it's a flashback. Yeah. So was that um, her like breaking water or whatever as part yeah. of the birth process when she's well, let's, out let's set up the scene if we can. I'm trying okay, to just keep the me. audience in mind. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I knew we were going to have her jump around. Okay. So, um, all right. Let's just, let's just, since we're here, we'll cover it. It's probably the most famous scene from the movie. Um, it's this, it, it's, you know, um, Isabella Gianni's moment, big moment where she's um, coming out of the train. It is in a flashback. It's actually in the context. There's a oh, scene where she is with Sam Neill in the apartment. And this is sort of, I believe, is this Remy after that he's discovered that she's been killing people? Is it? Um, I, I'm trying to think if I'm lost. I don't now. know if he literally knows it yet, but it's yeah, it's, it's weird. Just, it's it's got to be just before it if it's not. After. Yeah, I think it's just before it. And it's almost oh, no, as it's if... it's actually before Heinrich discovers the monster. So the home is it's, it's that scene where the home is in disarray. Everything is yeah. just everywhere. And, and then she's like doing. This oh, and she's putting hands. like the boys clothes, clothes in the fridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really bad. And so and then and then there's it a moment where she to the church, right? Yeah. She flashes back to looking up at Jesus. And then it gets yeah. it's when she gets off the train and then she has this kind of abortion miscarriage scene. Um, yeah. and, and, and then I, I, and 
famously, I guess, or infamously, uh, um, um, Anjay had told her as a direction to fuck the air, quote unquote, yeah. was her direction. And so she did. <laughs> and uh, yeah. but it, but explain the um, explain his explanation of. Well, Raymond, I, well, I mean, I was just listening. Like I said, I was really listening to the dialogue a lot. And so she is it's interesting. This is kind of the first time she feels comfortable actually trying to fucking explain this to her husband, to Mark. Like mm -hmm. she's, right. she's finally, she's going crazy, blah, blah, right. blah, stuffing clothes and microwaves or whatever. And then finally he's like, okay, let's sit down. Let's like, let's talk. And then she's, she's, she's explaining it. So she, in her esoteric way. So she has this whole thing about like the sister faith and sister chance, right? So it's like the two sisters of faith and chance. My faith can exclude chance, but my chance can 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 explain faith. This is rep this represents like the duality that that she has and that's battling inside of her, right? So sister faith is faith in God and goodness and and her guilt and her the school teacher, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and then and then sister chance represents. Chaos, hysteria, madness, destruction, evil. Octopus fucking. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so, like throughout this whole experience, right? Like when he he's away, Mark was away. She started. She was fucking Heinrich. After fucking Heinrich, like she starts having the kind of. It's almost like her. She's having an identity crisis. Like come to Jesus moment of like, kind of like, who am I? Who do I want to be deconstructing herself? Okay. Which we yeah, see yeah. in the ballet video. We can go back to that too, where you, that's yeah. really a glimpse into her, like what's actually happening inside her brain, right? Which are so which are Heinrich home shot home videos yeah. that, 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 that Heinrich has dropped off to Sam Neill's house. And yeah, he's where he's yeah. kind of almost like creepily, I feel like manipulatively documenting her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to deconstruct you and like, let's yeah. talk about your feelings and like, yeah. you know, it's whatever. passive documentary filmmaking, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so so she's, she's basically saying that um, she's having this struggle internally and then she's trying to, she's like, I don't know who's going to win, right? Like they're, they're trying to fighting each other. And she's explaining to Sam Neill that when she went into, she went to God, she went to the church, right? And she's like, like begging for answers. She goes to the subway and is taken over in sort of a trance, which is representative of like what religious ecstasy would be or like mysticism. It's like the agony uh, ecstasy, the anguish, and she's experiencing all these things like you would as if you were going through like a transcendent religious experience. And she is like fucking the air. She's so she's conceiving like Virgin Mary conceiving, right? And then she miscarries. What I miscarried there was Sister Faith, and what was left is Sister Chance. So I had to take care of my faith to protect it yep. and so hmm. in whatever bizarro way whatever she feels like she has well hold on yeah. if she kept yeah. faith that's the octopus yeah aka the double for sam neil right aka the guy who would partner with the school teacher who yeah. you're just saying is kind it, of uh, more the yeah. faith side of the so octopus. exactly and that's what she was saying yeah. so it's interesting she goes like i my so now i have faith i need to, to protect it <laughs> <laughs> i love it it's so cool it is hard well it is just for a second it is hard yeah, to like decipher all this like philosophical 
Euro dialogues like Alphaville or something. You know, it does feel like really heavy dialogue that we're not used to hearing in the English language, you know. But uh, I th- I feel like, you know, when she goes underground, she's uh, well, she goes to the subway, she's underground like hell, you know. And mm-hmm. she's obviously acting like possessed. Like this is like a post um, exorcist type movie, you know. So like I-, I feel like it's pretty clear like that is like the demon possession. And we see like some of her dialogue later could be substance could be the demon talking like in the scene you're talking about the ballet scene when she like breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the audience you know and she's, well, she's, talking, she's, to, talking, she's talking, talking to Heimrich, camera, though. Yeah. talking to Hamrick, Heimrich, but, but she also could be the demon talking to herself because she that's the demon like looks at her and she looks at us and says like that's why i like you because you say i for me yeah you know that's like that's like the like one of the big lines in the movie that's like doesn't make any sense but like i felt like that's the demon talking saying like you are saying i for me because i'm but inside I you like there is no demon like, i don't think there's a I demon like either there's yeah. not actually it's because it's funny i was doing a lot of like religious <laughs> reading like like today and stuff about it and it was so interesting like i can send you guys some of these like texts where it defines like what possession is and it really is just someone who's going through a state of like religious transcendence and so it's it's like I think what he's really what he's really doing with the character is it's there's not like an entity that's taking over. It's really like her finding Freedom. how do you transcend like your human form? And she's like, when she says it, she's like, we're all the same, but we take different forms. Like we're just meat, we're insects, we're this, we're like. We are all the same, but in different words, with different bodies, different versions. Like, it's almost like she is like, she says in that uh, short film, you know, ballet thing, she's like, there's, there, I want to find another, like, sense of being that pierces reality. Cancer or madness controls reality. The possibility I'm talking about pierces reality. Like, she's like, I'm, I'm between these two worlds, but I want to find something that transcends yeah. reality. And so by, like, this transgression, like, of creating this creature like she's be- she's just becoming this transcendent sort of yeah. being I'm, i gotta add though what about the murders <laughs> oh yeah so she's protecting <laughs> so she's protecting faith so- she's just trying to be herself man she just wants yeah, to dude, be herself let her, you know yeah, freedom well, we're gonna talk to about that. Neil, i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to protect faith what, like at one point they sleep with each no. other after they've kind of like he realizes what's going on and and she's like, I needed, like people were trying to take faith away from me. She tried to take it away from me. Is this faith that helpless? Needs to be protected. Like a child. Yes. Which is also freedom and agency. And every time it comes near her, she's like, no, 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 no. Protecting the, uh, from intruders, yeah. 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 That's that's simply what every person is. Yeah, it's not about like feeding the demon or feeding the beast. It's not like Hellraiser, it looks like Hellraiser. And yeah. it seems like Hellraiser yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. where he's like, right. and he's well, like, I just want to say it's, it's defensive. Yeah. Yes. Oh, defensive. yeah. I just want to say real quick, too, is like this is a theme that's explored in a lot of his other films, too. You know, right. a lot of his other films do explore that transcendence, that spirituality. Like, that's you know, true. one that comes to mind is Jamanka, really sort of, you know, a.k.a. the shaman. Oh, my <clears throat> God, Jamanka. I know we're doing what we're doing. Shamanka next. Get ready. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Uh, yeah. 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 But that, that also is about transcendence and also is also about reaching another higher level of consciousness and blah, blah, blah. That, Absolutely that, is a right. huge, that, that, that big spiritual sense is a big theme with him. But I do want to talk about the murders because it also dovetails okay. into the monster 
Uh, we're jumping sure. around, but basically That's there's great. these two set pieces where two different private detectives who are both in love. I love this, that they're like a gay couple. That's amazing. I know. Um, it's such a great little fun detail. Um, but basically the first one who goes to investigate, obviously Sam Neill's hired a PI to uh, track down his, his wife. They find out that she's living in Kreuzberg in this, uh, in this apartment. And holy shit, she's got a fucking monster living there. And uh, she kills that first guy in just a absolutely gruesome, taking the broken edge of a oh, bottle, bottle and fucking hardcore. jamming it into yeah. his fucking neck. Repeatedly. If anyone, if anyone's debating, like, is is possession really a horror film? Yeah. Those are like as good as any horror film set yeah. pieces. You know, yeah. like really beautifully done and very totally. Heavy. Yeah, and then it gives us that first little like kind of medium wide angle shot of what the monster is. It's just like this mm-hmm. weird pulsating mess that we're seeing we know you can't even properly visualize what the fuck it is which is such a great mm. creative choice to show us that Incredible. way to keep us like what Incredible. am i looking at i you feel like that guy like is this a joke right. what is this you know and then um, <laughs> right, 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 and then right. uh and then of course the second private detective who is the lover of the first one goes to investigate after his lover has not shown up and of course he gets fucking murdered in another fucking gruesome ass way where he gets beaten to yeah. death with like a milk jug and then gets shot four right. or five yeah. times you yeah. know like and damn dude yeah, yeah and it's so gruesome but that creature effect that's where we really first kind of get to see it where it's like slithering in the bed and you see all the kind of afterbirth yeah. surrounding it and like he's, shout out to he's his- very tired yeah he made love to me all night long he's very tired he made love to me all night i know and that's <laughs> that's the scene where it's like oh here's Classic. that fucked up shit that guy <laughs> was talking about at the video yeah, exactly oh uh, yeah what's <laughs> That's what Rex Reed was responding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and of course, uh, hey, fucking Carlo Rimbaldi, you know, designed the oh, creature. Yeah, effect. shouts. Yeah, they Shout fucking out. tried to get HR Giger. He was all tied up. They couldn't get him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they got Carlo, who of course went on to design Remy's T-shirt or not T-shirt. Yep. The I next guess, uh, project was Steven Spielberg's ET. It's <laughs> unreal. Unreal. Um, I loved your question. work in Possession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right, kinda, exactly. You know in Possession when like the, the creatures' yeah. Uh, yeah. legs are like this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe Steven, Possession. Perfect. Maybe Steven did see Possession just to get some notes like, yeah. let's talk this out with, because that's very important to make what E.T. looks like. Yeah. Totally. It looks great. That's it looks real. Thought. I mean, it that's looks, I mean, it's shot in the dark, but like it looks real, very, very realistic. The really alien, cool. you know, it, it looks it's really, yeah. And the so, transformation it goes through and the writhing and yeah. yeah. It's, it's, also, yeah. did alien. Sorry. Just, oh, just yeah, yeah. Baldi's kind of a monster. He did the alien alien, you know, monster. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's also interesting when Sam Neill. I don't know if Evan, you were going to touch upon this though. Go for when it. When he, when Sam Neill discovers what's actually happening, mm-hmm. he's like cool yes. with it. He's so cool. Like with that's it. one of the craziest, weirdest, wacky. He cleans up like, for her. He cleans if, up. Yeah, if the, so if it's another it. man fucking your wife, it's like nana. You know, like I'm going to freak out. Oh, it's an desert. octopus. Oh, but let you're me help you. People yeah. and oh, that's kind of cool. Almost, yeah. 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 Like he, yeah. like she is the Jeffrey. Well, it's not a threat, you know. No. But I then know. it's almost. But there's this transition where he almost like he kind of gets like gleefully murderous, and he's blowing up the thing, and he's covering oh, it up, dude. and he kills Heinrich, and so he becomes like twist. he goes into that darkness, and like and she's, and that's when they get to connect again. Like he sees it in they her. They bond eyes. over it. Yeah. Yes, and like they're yeah, it both becomes like, like Bonnie and Clyde, or it becomes totally. sort of yeah, it becomes like partners in crime. 
You know, it's yeah. amazing how Heinrich fucking dies too. How he digs to the trash oh. and gets a shoe and a feather <laughs> in order to kill him, which is just like amazing. That's a fucked mm-hmm. up detail. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, also just and then it becomes this insane action movie for just like a couple seconds. I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. rifling through this so quickly, but it's like, like a motorcycle. Like, well, first, like she go, he, like Samuel goes back to their apartment, sees Margie, you know, who is uh, who is Isabella Gianni, right. you know, Anna's friend, dead. So it's now it's become angst, the movie angst, where he yeah. like zips yeah. her. Yeah. Up into right. a fucking body bag and takes her out, and then he goes out and he kills Heinrich or some fucking shit happens. But then he goes. Yeah. There's a set piece where it's cop cars outside of Margie's house investigating her death, right? Which is so insane. Then he pays a taxi driver to smash into the police cars, so then he can take a motorcycle and crash it somewhere well, else. And the smash causes the the corpse uh, to that's uh, bound up in um, in plastic is to fly into the street. Yeah. Holy shit! And it's then the insane. cars explode and fire. Oh, and then when he starts <laughs> yeah. screaming, and he's like on yeah. the motorcycle, he's just like. Ah! Yeah. Hey, can I just say yeah. quick shout out <laughs> to to another film because this is the the Amor Foo series for one fucking hour. Oh, that him yeah. acting that way at the end of uh, the film, where he's kind of making a crazy face riding uh, the the motorcycle, is just like. Crazy face, the end of Lost Highway. Right, oh. right. Driving yep. the car. And kind of like, rah, out of control, just driving forward. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I saw, I saw a lot of Lost Highway. And yes. there was some Absolutely. fire walk with me. Absolutely. When kept she's thinking like, Chaz yeah. and feet. I wonder and if Lynch has seen this film just you know. as a for an appreciation of it. Or yeah, I, be- sure. I bet. I bet. Well, just as we're getting to the four minutes, the sub four minutes here, I just oh. want to, I know it's brutal. There's so much to talk about this. I know it's really is. It feels feel like we've been sitting down for 30 seconds. Uh, Basically, uh, let's just touch on the ending because the ending is super super powerful. Um, So obviously, there's a crazy shootout. You know, you know Sam Neill's body's falling through this amazing staircase, and you know, and then there's two Sam Neills, and then of course we we get back to Isabella Gianni at the apartment and Bob, their son, very tragically. Uh, as the air raid bombs and things you're hearing over the audio is starting to drop, uh, Bob just runs upstairs uh, saying, don't open, don't open, because mm-hmm. the doppelganger of um, Sam, Sam Neill is knocking at, their, yeah. at, the, at, the, at the peaceful domicile's door, yes. the domestic bliss yeah, with yeah. the school teacher, yep. Johnny. That's and, right. And here That's comes right. like, you know, and, and the boy, it's, what's creepy is the action of the boy feels instinctual. It's like, yeah. don't open. And he just is like instinctually like get like submerged. Like mm-hmm. it really creeps me out actually. Yeah. yeah he just like right. drowns himself. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you, you kind of glossed over the fact that, that the real Sam and the real Anna like end up together again. At yes. the end of yeah. The movie. Like, I did. Sorry. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and they, and they end up getting killed because of their actions or whatever. Right. And she yeah. shoots herself in the back. And the bullet goes through her into Sam and kills both of them. Yeah. 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 God, what a movie. And they're (laughs) at the top of the stairs, you know. Can I just say, just tiny side note of the this weird US version. Um, it, it omits uh, everything about like the boy jumping into the tub and so whatnot, and it's that shot that Marcus was talking about in the trailer. And it just becomes very much like Argento, and it just becomes this like uh, more explicitly, like it feels like it's just these this possession that they're sharing, and it's. Uh, I, I recommend the watch if you can find it, guys, because mm-hmm. it's it's okay. actually kind of its own cool movie, and it reminds me of Blood Couple compared to Ganja and Hess, oh, and right. because especially the ending is really different, but it becomes the sort of a drive-in grindhouse genre film, and it kind of works. 
the huh. elements of possession can work as kind of just like a slapdash. Totally. That's, that's some producer saw that. Some producer yeah, saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. very curious viewing. I highly recommend it. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, as we sort of alluded to, like the film, it could use like, I love it, but it feels like it could use some things clipped out, like the spy story and stuff. They're all, the, seems to overcomplicate things a little bit. And especially how things are tied up at the end with the doppelganger did it. No, the spy, you know, like it's all kind of woven together. When the guy with the pink socks shows up, I'm the kind of like, socks are very curious. well, it's supposed to be this big moment, but I don't, I don't really feel it. They no. mentioned it at the very beginning, you know, like is the other guy still wearing his pink socks? And I you know, think but it's I don't okay. think it really has David Lynch. Yeah, it's very, very Lynch. I said that to you. I was like, it's very Lynch. It is. Yeah. I think it's okay mm. that it exists as just this weird Totally. I don't, you don't even know. What dream, it is. dream logic. Is yeah. Dream. And then yeah, at the end, yeah. it's like the world basically I wouldn't is change the frame. We're not you know worried. I mean? like, I think it was apocalyptic. Yes. It's apocalyptic. And, and the more I was reading about the theology stuff and looking in like the, the different texts and uh, scriptures was like, you know, the, the, the sort of the harlot is like the, you know, like antichrist basically. And then like, so it's sort of like she in a way represents like, this all-encompassing destruction one second wow. you were, and really then quick. the world wait ends that's right it's like that's the world's right. ending with that film hang on real quick <laughs> one thing i wanted to get before the clock ends didn't did you say the part of that the monster was born from dirt and all that stuff did you mention that yeah in the okay. it's supposedly in the original script and the shooting script uh not in the shoot the original script that supposedly she when she miscarried like the fluids mixed with like dirt on the construction site oh, outside God. and then like the creature started to be like born that's where um, it was born oh, from wow. and then from she's the fucking yeah. her own creation you know like she's fucking her own creativity basically. offspring oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's the yeah. perfect so Remy ending it's not cheating it's not it's cheating, not cheating that way no no. Yeah, it's not cheating. Amazing. Perfect Ramy ending with the little incestual overtones there. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, that was uh, that was uh, uh, I think the best Great possible you know, best I possible. Attempt. I enjoyed it more than I ever have. Uh, just having a conversation about it. It's yeah, very rich territory. It you know, really and I, the puzzle yeah. pieces thing is what'll always get me with this film. You know, I think some of you think there's not enough pieces. Some of you think there's too many. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think, oh, give I don't me think more. this puzzle adds up quite. You know? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> it makes no. a second it, puzzle. I was only talking about in, ter- in relation to the American one, like, wow, that one is a jam and it's still because it still works if you chop it. Yeah, all no, these totally. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. tried to like but straighten no, I love it out. It. This is one of my favorite movies for sure. You know, yeah, like it has I it just, all. I, it it really does. It has a lot Best. to it has a lot to chew. There's so much to chew on. And just his yeah. filmography, the fact that this man existed and yes. made these movies and they were yeah, fine. Someone sure. paid it. Someone fucking financed these movies and we can still see them. They're absolutely insane. There, some of them are kind of hits. Um, um, the most important thing, Love, with an incredible yep. Klaus Kinski performance. Oh. You've got to see that. Yeah, it's Third great. Third Part of the Night is one of my favorite art house films. I was blown away when I saw it. I was not yeah, expecting totally. it. Um, everything. And you reminded me of Schmanka, with, yeah. uh, whatever oh it's pronounced, God. from the 90s. Schmanka. That one killed me. I saw it in a theater. That and I was killed me. Like, so can wow. I, Whoa. now that the clock is out, I didn't want to, fucking yeah, waste any just clock time for this. For him in general. No, no, I just was going to say I didn't want to waste any clock time, you know, being like Rupert Pupkin here for a minute. But the um so I got to attend a screening of Jamanka in Montreal. They had brought Jalowski in uh for a screening of Jamanka and it was amazing. It was my first time I ever saw it, it was a thousand pe- a thousand person theater. Wow. So it was like a, seeing that movie with a thousand fucking people at full wow. volume was a, a, an experience <laughs> I'll never fucking forget. Um mm, but wow. but uh of course, you know, there was like a cocktail reception I think p- 
prior to the screening at the rooftop of the Cinematheque or whatever, and I had a rare chance, and I was like, you know, I normally wouldn't fanboy out to anybody, sure. but I had to like, I you. you know, I, I had to like Rupert Pupkin and figure out what my, you know, one line to, you know, uh, to, uh, um, to Zulowski was going to be. And uh, I was like, I want to ask him something where he won't think I'm a total mark or a total douche. Like, what's something that I can ask him about that'll actually be, you know, he'll want to talk about. And so I asked him the question that has actually confounded me for so long, which was about, uh, which was how he filmed a scene from On the Silver Globe. So On the Silver Globe, this epic, fucking, totally maddening, insane science fiction film, as we mentioned earlier, it's unfinished. Some of the wildest imagery ever committed to film, period. Um... And there's a scene in it that's always been like my favorite little clip ever, which is this traveling uh, like crane shot where there's like these naked men impaled on 50-foot stakes that go off into the distance and the the camera is panning down this beach and you see all of these fucking dudes on stakes impaled and of course the camera stops on one of the guys and he delivers a fucking monologue for two minutes. Right, I know. know, And it's it's like, of course. He's he's an actor doing a performance, not just (laughs) hanging in there. I know. So I was like, how the fuck did you do this? You know, I asked him that. It's the question I asked him and he was... Was very delighted to tell me and um yeah. you know um uh, i think we might ask him like so how, so how are you like how is it being here like how are you doing and he's like fucking miserable or something like that you know <laughs> <laughs> so then we asked him about the scene and and he was he was telling us about like he laughed about it kind of sardonically almost because it was like there was this like really rickety cherry lift that they had that they used for the crane you know but these were basically telephone poles that they pulled out of the earth and stuck into the beach and they had to use the cherry lift literally one at a time to place a guy up there, you know, and he's like, and they're just like free sitting up there 50 feet in the air. And he was basically just like, yeah, and it was funny because they kept falling off. Whoa. And we had to, Dude. <laughs> had to reset it. You know? It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I know. And, I was, and he's just like, he was like laughing, thinking about these poor actors falling Jesus. 50 Damn, feet dude. off a fucking telephone pole. Telephone or poles at the beach. Yeah, like naked. So, yeah, naked. It's like, dude, this oh, guy, what the fuck is he on? But it was a cool experience. I'll never forget. Like, yeah, talk about someone great. you never thought you'd ever be able to, you never would mm-hmm. meet, you know, and it was that fucking guy. So yeah. anyway. That's so um, cool. Jealous. Yeah. Yeah, Jealous. that was a that was a that was definitely one so I was proud. So you don't know the pizza scene for Jack Nicholson, but you got <laughs> oh, yeah. to meet uh, Zelos Gaming. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. You should have oh. asked him about that. Well, I want to ask everybody that. And if you if you don't know and you've been listening to the show and you're not sure, we're on the lookout, <gasps> okay, for this scene. And I want to thank everybody, especially uh, over this last week, who's reached out, who's been starting to do their own detective work. Uh, we're getting a lot of responses on this. Last week, I explained there was a scene from a Jack Nicholson movie that I remember as a kid. Uh, from the <laughs> God watching on TV where he's saying, you want a piece of pizza? And... We can't find it, but I'm, I'm going to say right now that for all of those who are wondering, the update is this. The update is, I think the predominant theory is that it is a TV edit of Heartburn, the movie we talked about last week, because yeah. on YouTube, you can see this right now. There are scenes with Jack singing songs, holding mm-hmm. a slice of pizza. Yeah. In this yeah. movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and I want to shout out, yeah, I want to shout out um, uh, Mark Hoyk. Who, yep, classic. Basic, who, who, you know, listener of the show reached out and said, hey, you know, movies of that era, 
they would in order to get them on cable or get them on TV, they'd yeah. have to pad them out with with you know more snap in material or whatever to fit the actual hour and a half two hour block. Yeah. yeah. So they they'd okay. use loose ends and figure. So maybe this was a little ad lib moment that Jack had for the TVO to edit only. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think I was just recently watching a little video on you know TV edits uh, from that uh, fellow YouTuber yester yesteryear entertainment oh. or you know uh, hats off entertainment that's what it was. Uh, okay. oh, yeah. Tom, you know that channel. Yeah, he's and great. it was like it was on Goonies or something. But he was talking about he was putting forth the theory that you know that every movie that has a TV edit somebody out there has it taped and recorded you know and so i think i think that should be the next level of search is like just put the feelers out there gotta find somebody taped the tv edit of heart the only problem the only problem is talking about fucking heartburn i know or efron film and not goonies or goodfellas or yeah that's gonna be true a RoboCop. But it's you know fucking what? Heartburn. Yeah. Like what twelve-year-old boy is like? Oh, oh right. man, I got a sweet copy of uh, Heartburn. <laughs> it's gonna be an accident. It's gonna be somebody snagged it by accident while they were no, recording like, like eight, eight hours of TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on LPS running yeah, overnight. Yeah. Well, I That's just want to say hope. I want to say that <laughs> I think our next step of the investigation is we need to find somebody that works at Paramount. If you have any friends that work at Paramount. We need, we, we need to see in the vault if they got a TV edit somewhere or yes. just give me that runtime, baby. Right. And we can compare or go and contrast. On, go on to the 16 forum and, and search on there because like all those TV yeah. edits were, they showed them via Telecine, right? So they would run an actual not, not 16 print of the end movie. of the 80s, I think. Yeah, I probably think. not. They'll probably That's like more beta. like, you know, uh, beta copies beta. of Grizzly, you know, like 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway. Like 89. You want a piece of pizza. We're looking for it. You know where to find us. We do us. want a piece of pizza. We need a piece of pizza. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, I know it's real. I know it's real. So um, I don't I don't believe you. And I really? and, and like I say, it ain't real if there's no video. Do you really like, not believe like, me? Even though like you've I think seen... you guys are misremembering. I think you I think you guys are misremembering and just you're shazamming it. Yeah, <laughs> Shazam or like, no, like the, a uh, Mandela effecting kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, same just thing. Misremembering it. And, and I think it's an interesting experiment because one person, you know, they might have a flawed memory, but they're only going back and forth inside their own head about a memory. But you guys, I think, are negatively reinforcing a misremembrance. Because, well, because well, you my both memory have is the this. faith, like, well, someone else saw it, so then it must be the thing. Well, and you both my, keep, someone's saying my, this back to me, and they're yeah. saying it wrong, and then it gets wronger and it wronger and it wronger, and then it becomes yeah, I know. Beats, beats, uh, it's an echo chamber. I, look, right. I, I literally have just a memory I'm just going to say this and I'll shut up is oh, uh, yeah, of yeah. seeing it happen on TV. Okay. And then us turning to each other and being like, like instantly, Whoa. like the yeah, instant yeah. reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, what you're misremembering. Oh, yeah. Mm, but it's, but this is what I know you get annoyed when I say this, Evan, but oh. wh- why oh, did it make such an impact? Cause it's hilarious. It was it was it was funny. It was it was weird and funny and channel surfing. It was a channel surfing moment of like change the channel. Yeah, you guys didn't make time. That's it. You know, you weren't sitting like, come on, it's starting. Heartburn. No, no. that's the other implausible. That's the other implausible thing is that you were watching channel surfing. Channel surfing and then like, oh, Jack Nicholson. No, no, I remember it was channel surfing. Oh, oh, Jack Nicholson and then. No, then I know what happened. 
it's like you see Jack Nicholson holding pizza, then you're flipping the channel, and like like <laughs> Ernest goes to camp or something, no. like, pizza, pizza, and they wait, wait. fused. What Remind. year was this again, allegedly? Well, it must have happened in the mid '90s. It must have happened between '94 and '97. So nice. heartburn was on TV like ten years later. That's what's also weird. Yeah, sure, on t- some crap like TBS. TBS, absolutely. Yeah. Fox, oh, it's a TBS. very oh, like Fox, just TBS. play it over and over okay. again. Mm. Or cable, like you know, Cinemax. This yeah. is so sure. ridiculous. I've seen it. I've I flip channels like oh heartburn. Yeah. Okay. I made um, you watch it, Evan. Like, and you like, hated it. I'm telling you right uh, now, when we watched Heartburn, and there's those scenes where he's singing. Non-stop holding a piece of pizza. It was torture. It was torture. It was like literally short watching. This is a short documentary in in the works here. It was Uh, like watching man like behind the sun, you know, where his anus comes out as fucking painful. Everything out of his mouth is like you want Jack to shut up during that whole scene. He's just singing this non nonsensical songs, and you just want to say, "Say fuck, fucking say pizza and shut up," and he never does it. Yeah, and never, exactly. That's offer me a fucking pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about next week and wrap up the show. Um, all right, well, it's heartburn. Sorry, guys. It is sorry. It's next week. Uh, no, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so fun. No? We should do heartburn. Oh, we're not. Oh, oh, no, we only do the only doing the TV edit. Yeah. Oh, of well, once we get it, we will. Uh, it's gonna happen. Someone's all right. gonna send that in. Next week on the show, we're having another special guest like Ramey uh, join the show. It's been a, it's been a minute since we've had him on. We're gonna have uh, Joey Izzo return. Uh, our friend Joey, of course, is coming back to the show, and we're gonna look at we're gonna you know warp all the way to the two thousands. I thought it'd be interesting for us. Uh, Joey agreed. Actually, you know, we all were throwing this title around. I remember for weeks now, but I think it'd be interesting for us to look at. 2002 is that the year this movie came out? Yeah, I think yeah. 2002's directed by Spike Jones adaptation. So we're gonna be doing one fucking yeah. hour on Nicholas Cage and yep. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, doppelgangers. <laughs> doppelgangers. Yeah. That's, right. That's right. Yeah, and all kinds oh of God. other fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a Charlie Kaufman script. Um, you know, uh, I think that they did a nice one-two punch after Malkovich. I, I thought this was equally interesting to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of orchids. It's great. It's going to be interesting it. to re- it's going to be really interesting to revisit this one and commit to it for an hour. So that'll be next week, everybody. Uh, well, again, first want to say thanks, Ramy, for coming on and taking this yeah, weird journey with us. On, on we'll see you uh, at the next yeah. uh, horrifying, soul crushing, <laughs> uh, unsettling, you know, like emotional damage <laughs> yes. film. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Or we don't do that and we like do a light comedy or something like Heartburn. Maybe. Yeah. Also, um, Tom, we got to do shoot the moon at some point. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, right. Soul crushing and depressing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to. Let's let's do it. I'm totally into STM. Totally. STM. <laughs> That's what oh I call it. Oh my god. STM All right, Tom. Well, we right. can't leave the good people uh, for whatever reason. This my uh, my sound effect isn't working. So, Tom, you have to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. We can't leave you without your moment of zen all right everybody thanks so much and we will catch you have a good rest of your week and we'll see you next time on one fucking hour so long and goodbye bye bye Bye, fellow human beings oh Oh, wow Tout semble idiot lorsqu'on est au bout de la
motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Wicked, man.